Engaging Culture in 2018 on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. One of the problems that people face is the problem of a culture that Christians are noticing seems to be changing on us, and changing on us very fast. We want to talk about that this week on the podcast, and I am thrilled that our guest this week is Dr. Albert Moeller, the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, the host of The Briefing, and was my boss for more than 10 years. And uh, it is uh, a great delight to be able to say that everything he purveys about faithfulness in his podcast and his preaching is the same kind of faithfulness that comes through as a member of the faculty who uh, works for him, for you, Dr. Moeller. We're glad you're here with us this week on the podcast. Well, thank you, Heath. It's great to be with you, and uh, we miss you at Southern Seminary and Boyce College, but it's, uh, it's really wonderful to see how God's using you, both at First Baptist Jacksonville and continuing with ACBC. Important work. Well, miss being there, but glad we're here together now. So we want to talk about engaging culture in 2018, and I don't think there's probably a Christian thinker alive today that is thinking more carefully and more relevantly about these issues than than you are. And as people are listening to this, uh, what would you say are the biggest cultural issues that are trending in 2018? Yeah, trending in 2018 is a very important qualifier. And some of these are going to trend a good deal more in 2018, but I can think of three in particular. The first is what I would call political shock. It is the new political situation in the United States, which is continual explosion, continual minds going off, continual controversy, uh, stability replaced by a basic instability. Now, this can be sometimes more apparent than real. Political personalities and modern technologies can make this uh, a far more combustible combination uh, there is a basic stability to our political culture. Every, everything's still moving forward. The Constitution is still in effect. But I think a lot of people are traumatized for the first time in their lives by mm. an, a, just an explosive political reality that leads to shock after shock, week after week, with people saying, what am I supposed to think about this? What can we do about this? Am I supposed to think anything about this? <laughs> or can I do anything about this? Yeah. And th- that leads to also an extreme partisanship in this country. Yes. So... This is a family situation. Uh, As you're involved in in counseling, one of the most urgent new or new-ish, newly trending counseling issues is what to do. We just went through the seasons of Thanksgiving and Christmas. What to do when you've got grandfather and nephew in the same room, and they are inhabiting two different worlds that right now are at political war. Right. The second thing I would say is the immigration issue is, is absolutely huge in a new way. It's, it's huge politically, of course. We've got deadlines in terms of dealing with some very real challenges. And uh, you have uh, uh, immigration made a partisan issue. That's not the first time in American history. By the way, this country has never had 
a, uh, a fair and just immigration policy at any point in its history. Mm-hmm. So there's no golden era for the right. United States. We tend to put a, a, a very warm glow upon certain memories, uh, looking mm-hmm. especially at the Statue of Liberty. Right. But uh, we need to remember that immigration was controversial then, yep. and uh, many issues of our immigration policy were, uh, were, were, were very unjust then. Mm-hmm. But right now— What's new is not just the political amplification. What's new is the fact that a lot of Christians realize you're talking about fellow church members. Yeah, You're talking about people in our neighborhood. You're talking about people uh, who have enormous anxiety. And uh, I'm not here to debate the immigration issue. Right. I'm answering your question. What's right. a trending issue? Yeah. That's a very big trending issue. Not going to go away anytime mm-hmm. soon. The third issue is the continuing uh, moral revolution especially on LGBTQ issues, the turn we can see is already taking place of more open antagonism and hostility to anyone who will not join the revolution. Mm. And so we see some very real arguments being made that, of course, we shouldn't uh, create uh, what they now define as special privileges for Christians Mm. uh, wherever they may be found. Uh, Just consider controversy over whether or not doctors should be required to perform gender reassignment surgery, as it's called. Right. So those are three big issues. Those are three big issues. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a comparison question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you hear, this is the worst I've ever seen it. Sometimes, I, in fact, I just was listening to some commentators the other day saying the 1960s were the worst we ever saw. In terms of comparison, 1960s were, were a tumultuous time in American national politics, American culture. Where we are now today in 2018, how does that compare with other times of tumult in our country? You know, that's a fairly egocentric question. I don't mean that of you asking it, <laughs> okay. but of the way we tend, I'll involve myself in the problem, to assume that we have some idea of relative difficulty and relative ease. Okay. Part of it's where you are. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go back to, say, the 1950s, a lot of people say, well, look, there you had a very strong family situation in the United States. Yes, but Christians are being executed in the Soviet Union for their faith. Right. In China, they're being martyred. So it's not only when, it's where. Mm. And, uh, if, and, and then you also look and you say, well, wait just a minute. There was also legalized racial segregation in the mm. United States. It was a good time if you were a white, middle-class, suburban family. Evidently, it wasn't such a good time. Uh, if that was a dream that was forbidden to you. Right. So I, I think we have to be careful, and, and not only about the when, but the where. We're facing new headwinds, new antagonisms, new issues, new challenges, challenges to us, anger directed to us. But right now, there are people losing their heads because of their commitment to Christ at the hands of ISIS. Mm. So let's put this in perspective and, and, of course, the other problem here is is that we, we tend to think, well, okay, if there was a better time, I'd rather have it. But that's an insult to the sovereignty of God. God's purpose <laughs> is that we're alive right now, and so this is the right time. Yeah. This is the right time for us to be faithful. That's good. Christians, for the most part, not operating in the world of politics in the terms of being members of Congress or those kinds of things, not surgeons who have to weigh in, for the most part, on whether they're going to do these kinds of surgeries, not making policy on immigration. We go to church, and we're doctors, we're nurses, we're bankers, we're stay-at-home moms. In the church, what can we do to respond to these issues? 
Well, I think, first of all, the church has to remind itself, ourself, regularly, that we're the covenant-redeemed people of God, mm-hmm. that we are here because of a higher politics, the politics of the kingdom, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We're here because of a higher calling, a higher citizenship. The Apostle Paul was clear about that to the Philippians. Uh, Peter, clear about that to, uh, to churches all over Asia Minor and beyond. Uh, the Holy Spirit would have us to recognize, based upon Scripture, that we are the people who gather as a colony of heaven uh, rather than as merely a group of citizens of earth. And that's a very good thing, uh, just just for us to remember that. We, we come under the Lordship of Christ to hear the Word of God preached. Yeah. So regardless of what the headlines are, regardless of what the political season uh, might be, regardless of whether it's legal or illegal, we gather together for worship, we preach the Word of God, and we live under submission to Jesus Christ. So th- that's the first thing. And then we do go into the world. We're never actually out of it, not yet. And uh, and there our calling is to be faithful. So the church has to be the place where Christians help each other to be faithful. Faithful surgeons in the operating room. Right. Faithful moms. Faithful teachers. Faithful welders and plumbers and mm. get on the whole list. It, it takes everything the church has as the uh, spirit-led body of Christ to help each other to be faithful week by week. So week by week, I'm talking to thousands of Christians who are nervous. They are concerned. Some of them, just talked to a man a few days ago, he's concerned about his boy that wants to transition. Uh, Talking about uh, a doctor, talking to a doctor in our church who is concerned about uh, what his ethical requirements right. are going to be. Talking with just elderly folks who are going, what's going to happen with my grandkids? They are nervous about these things that we're talking about. What would you say to help a Christian process that? Well, the very illustrations you gave are kind of Im- embedded with answers. Mm-hmm. Um I tell people, if you're 70 years old, this cultural crisis isn't for you. Mm. You're not going to get thrown out of the Rotary Club, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it's it's about your kids and your grandkids yeah. and your great-grandkids. They, they're not going to be able to avoid this at any point in their lives. We've created a church in which right now it's pretty easy to be faithful if you're 75. It's really hard to be faithful if you're 15. Mm. That 15-year-old, that 25-year-old has got to pay an enormous price for faithfulness that his grandparents don't have to pay. That's right. So what's it going to take? Well, it's going to take all the preaching and all the teaching, all the raising of children and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's going to take open conversations. It's going to take very uncomfortable conversations. Churches now have to talk about things we never had to talk about before. And uh, parents have to talk about things they never had to talk about before. But if you're not talking about them, then you're just handing them over to Baal. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, just, you're just handing them over to the idols. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some other things that should give us some encouragement. One of the massive studies done recently about young adults, as they're called, many of them more young than adult. It's another problem in our country. Sure. Uh, one of the, the most responsible of these studies indicated that if you're going to look at a young person who's going to make the transitions from, say, 13 to 30 successfully in Christian terms, the one criterion that might separate whether that happens or that doesn't just at the, at the operational level is whether or not that young person has quality adult relationships, Christian adult relationships, other than with his or her parents. Mm. Now, you look at that and you say, well, 
wow, some sociologist is going to have to do some algebra to figure out what that place might be where that might happen. <laughs> we happen to believe that's exactly what you find called the church, yeah. the, in, in the church. So here's a big problem. If you're going to market segment your congregation and you're going to separate everybody else and you're going to put all the teenagers together and all the young adults together, then just understand you are probably ensuring um, the loss of a good many of them. Because it turns out that they need sustained relationships with adults who care, who are invested in their lives. They also need adult messages. I'm not saying you never have a youth group. I was I was in a youth group. I'm just saying there better be there better be a way of getting those teenagers, adolescents, young people into adult context. Or don't be surprised if they don't turn into adults. And then don't be surprised that when they do turn into adults, they're they're not highly committed to Christ. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I want to commend Dr. Moeller's new book that has just come out, The Prayer That Turns the World Upside Down. It's a book about how Christians can be faithful in this culture. I also want to commend to you Dr. Moeller's seminary, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, which is an ACBC certified training center. I just taught there two weeks ago to a classroom full of students who were eager to apply the truths of the Christian faith to the problems that people face. If you'd like more information about Southern Seminary, you can visit them at sbts.edu. If you'd like more information about Dr. Moeller, you can find him at albertmoeller.com. And if you'd like more information about ACBC, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.